I think you get the most out of people if you share as much information as you can and, and you're honest and you say, you know, I don't, I know where we'd like to get to as a business, but how we get there, I don't know. We're going to have to work together to, to make that happen. I think you, you get the best out of people, don't you? And that's, yeah, something I've been conscious of working in teams where you don't have the information and you're sort of dictated to from above is just, it's not a fun experience and it doesn't, doesn't get the best out of you. Hey dear listener, this is Ben Morton and a very warm welcome to episode 111 of the podcast. It is the weekly show that brings you inspiring interviews with senior leaders and genuine subject matter experts, all designed to help you be the very best leader that you can possibly be. It's my gift to you and it's totally free. This week, it is my great pleasure to introduce you to Gavin Smith, who has been working in the public transport industry for over 20 years, having started his career as a bus driver in London. From there, he moved into operations roles, which eventually led to a five-year secondment to Singapore as the operations director for the Go Ahead Group. During that five years, Gavin digitised all of the operational processes through developing a bespoke app for the business, delivered improvements in efficiency through operational reviews and became involved in international tendering, which then led to a further secondment to Australia and a project director role within Go Ahead. Perhaps more significantly than that, though, which he doesn't include in his own bio, is the huge cultural transformation he led whilst in Singapore, which was no small feat whatsoever. Then, more recently, six months ago, he relocated back to the UK and East Anglia, where he is currently the managing director of the Go Ahead Group's operations there. And this is where we pick up the story. You're going to absolutely love this episode, slightly shorter than some. I'm going to try and keep the episode a little more punchy if I can. But in this one, we talk about the changes required of Gavin when he moved from being the operations director to the managing director, some of the lessons he learned whilst working in Southeast Asia, and how these are helping him now be an effective MD. So without any further delay, Please enjoy this week's episode and my conversation with Gavin Smith. Gavin, very warm welcome to the podcast. It's great to have you with us today. Uh, First of all, how are you? Yeah, I'm really good. Thanks, Ben. Thanks for having me. My pleasure. Gavin, I want to start off with uh, a question we didn't plan on asking, but just before we hit record there, we was talking about your transition from ops director to managing director. Can you tell us, like, how have you found that transition, how you enjoying the new role and what have been some of the sort of biggest changes that you've noticed and had to make? Yeah, it's been a really interesting and exciting experience. I would say one of the, the biggest changes I've noticed is that now I am uh, a lot more visible so I'm uh, a lot more a lot more visible leader a lot more front and center of the operations so it's kind of definitely feels like all eyes are on me which uh, probably wasn't the case before I sort of had an had an MD to not hide behind but kind of shield me from that that sort of thing that's been really interesting actually and it's been quite a change for me sort of having to be conscious 
of having that responsibility. So yeah, no, quite quite an exciting change. I was just going to ask there, has was that conscious, i.e. you took that very conscious decision because now you are in the MD role, you need to be more present and, and visible or did it naturally happen because you just found yourself in those situations a lot more? I think it's the audience that's changed. I've always, always sort of done it but but on a on a smaller scale so I would have my a smaller team and be reporting up into into someone so now it's definitely on a on a bigger scale and definitely are sort of outside stakeholders having a lot more interaction with them a lot more of the staff sort of looking to me as the as the leader of the business something I was aware of in my my previous roles but it's definitely definitely come to the fore being the MD and has there been anything that has slightly caught you off guard? Anything you've had to do differently or any sort of new task with the role that you weren't really prepared for, for expect or expecting that might be useful for other people who are about to maybe make a, the same or similar transition to you? I was invited on the radio the, the other day. So we've um, the government's just recently announced a, a £2 fare cap initiative to, to get people back to buses. And, uh, and help with the cost of living. So for the first time ever, I was invited on a radio show as managing director of Connect Bus to speak on behalf of the company and try and entice people to take up the offer and get back on buses. And that, that was a really, really interesting experience for me and quite nerve-wracking, to be honest. Definitely the public speaking element of the role is is very new to me and something that's uh, not quite used to yet. But going into it with being open and honest with myself and, and understanding that I could probably do do better in this area and, and get some training. And I think that's that's quite an important thing, isn't it? Sort of understanding where you're, where you're probably not so good and, and where you are good and reacting to that. And at the same time, I think my view as well is, understand your strengths and weaknesses but don't necessarily worry about developing and trying to improve all of the weaknesses because sometimes you can offset them right by building the the right support team team around you we don't necessarily need to be masters of every sort of skill do we no no I think that's I think you're exactly right there just thinking about that one of the weaknesses that I have is that I'm generally quite positive about everything I'll definitely be yes we can do that we're going to do that that's no problem so definitely mindful that I need a, need a few people in my team that are probably a bit more realistic and more grounded sort of, yeah a bit more grounded let's flesh out some of the the negatives so I think it's really important isn't it to understand that yeah it's, it's interesting and, and is it rare I don't know I just find it in, in, interesting to consider positivity as a as, as a weakness that's, that's quite interesting <laughs> I will say, yeah, there's quite a lot of feedback that I get that generally I'm I'm quite positive about everything. Yeah. Yeah. Not necessarily a weakness, though. That kind of, um, I guess it can be overplayed and it's good to, to balance it with uh, a dose of realism sometimes. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. I think you, you need a, need an awareness of it, don't you? For sure. So how long have you been in the MD role, Gavin? Uh, I've been in the role now for six months, just coming up six months. Gavin, what was your preparation for the stepping into the MD role, like sort of how long did you give yourself? Was there any particular learning plans, things you actively considered to get ready before you sat in the seat on day one, as it were? I, I spent quite a lot of time just, just researching the, the company that I was going into and just understanding their 
performance and, and how they operate. One of the interesting things with bus companies is that the routes and the operations themselves generally come with a lot of history. Yeah. Uh, and there's a lot of people that are very enthusiastic about the history of the bus routes and where they go and uh, the company itself. So I think it was important to under understand that. And then as well, sort of understanding the the team that I was taking on. So I spent a bit of time sort of engaging with the, the outgoing MD. Right. Just to understand the, the skills and the, the weaknesses of the, the team that I was inheriting. Cool. That makes sense. And the other thing I wanted to ask you, Gavin, you spent prior to this role, you spent a fair bit of time working overseas, right? Setting up a new bus operating company in Singapore. Is that right? Yes, yeah, that is right. So I went went over to Singapore for what was meant to be initially sort of two weeks just to, to help settle a new operation that we'd, uh, we'd recently set up. That sort of turned into a six-month role, which eventually turned into me being out there for about five years. So <laughs> How did that work out with your family? It was quite, uh, quite unexpected initially. And then I didn't have a long-term plan to, to be out there, so right. never really moved the family out there. So there was a, a lot of backwards and forwards, yeah. a lot of a lot of travelling, which the company were very supportive of. And was that the first time you'd worked overseas? It was, yeah, yeah. yeah. So um, my very first experience of working for any any company overseas. So what were some of the main challenges of of, of that role then? Suddenly working overseas, different country, different different culture. It was really really challenging experience at first so I think we'd we'd set up this this new company over there and we'd changed quite a lot of the the working practices that the employees over there were were generally used to so it was it was quite a big change and I found the the culture change was was massive I took over a team who had you say they had a lot of respect for the, the hierarchy so there was a real hesitance for them to to challenge upwards and uh, and a real want for them to not trouble me with any problems so so actually understanding what was going wrong in the business and, and getting into that detail was was quite challenging because they were very reluctant to to bring it to you mm. so so sort of changing that culture initially was my my biggest problem so how did you manage to do that because that's a big challenge right especially in the sort of southeast asian asian culture it was a really big challenge the way i went about it was just being i guess you've just got to be open and, and honest and, and transparent haven't you and, and and sort of try and take people on a journey and sort of creating a, a safe space for them to make mistakes right it's sort of yeah almost sort of saying you know we're gonna we're gonna make a few mistakes along the way and um and it's okay to do that and we'll we'll use them as learning experiences and we'll we'll use them to to make us better so it was really just just engaging with people and and spending time with them on the ground understanding their roles and and just giving them trying to give them that sort of confidence in me, they can come to me and and talk about the problems and, and things that need to change. And then really empowering them to, to make that change. Mm. So creating that sort of safe area for them to try something different and, and say to them, like, you know, I'm not going to sort of dictate how we run this business. It's, it's not my business. It's, it's our business. We're going to work as a team. 
and sort of get all of the all of the problems out on the table and, and talk them through. So that was a really really interesting experience, and and sort of sort of having appraisals with them and sort of understanding what drives them as right. as people. And initially, that was very a very sort of closed experience. You sort of, sort of have have an appraisal, and 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 they would say to you, they "Well, listen and say yes." Yeah, yeah. You sort of say, "What do you want to achieve this year?" And and they'd be like, "Oh, well, whatever you want to achieve, whatever the business wants to achieve." And you have to kind of you have to kind of break that down and say, "No, no, you know, what is you as a person? Where do you want to get to this year? What what do you want the business to achieve?" And and just getting all of that out, I think, is is really important. Yeah. I'll ask a question and then give you the context to what to why I'm asking it. So the question is, I'm, I'm curious, how long do you think it took to start getting some traction with that change of culture, I, I, I guess? And the reason I ask is that even in my work sort of developing and, and teaching leadership here in the UK, if I'm talking to clients or groups about taking a different approach, Fairly often, I might hear, especially if I'm back with the same group a few months later, like, oh, yeah, Ben, I, I, I tried that, but people didn't really, people didn't really get it. So I went back to doing doing what what I was doing. And especially if, so for example, if we're talking about when we're delegating, giving people a lot more freedom and choice about how they complete the task, rather than telling them what to do and how to do it, we tell them what to do and why why it's important. Which for many people, like that shift of approach, if they've had years of being micromanaged and a boss who for the past three years has just told them what to do and how to do it it's going to take time to unravel that change and thinking about your example in Singapore without playing too much into cultural and national stereotypes sort of a lot of Southeast Asian countries are very hierarchical and very respectful of the hierarchy right so it's probably quite an extreme environment to try and make the change that, that you made I'm just curious like how long do you think it took? And also, how long was it before you started to see the, the green shoots of change, as it were, coming coming through? It took a lot of time. I would say definitely the first six months was was very challenging and we didn't see much much change. But then sort of beyond that, once they, they started to sort of trust in me and, and what I wanted to achieve and and, and sort of shared their views then I I guess it was it was after a year that you sort of really started getting the benefits from that and that's probably one of the things I've noticed as I get into sort of more and more senior positions sort of trying to drive change and particularly big change it's it's not things that it's not quick that happen overnight it's not quick is it no (laughs) so we've the operation I, I'm running at the moment. There's a lot of things that we want to change. It wasn't a particularly stable, well-performing business, so we need to we need to bring in some structure and get some stability. But then also, it's not it's not a big enough business to generate the the revenue that we need to invest and, and grow. So then we needed a bit of a a bit of a growth plan, and doing that is yeah, you're sort of looking years down the down the line which is quite a new experience to me and it's been quite interesting sort of bringing the, the team on that journey with me we sat down and I said I said to everyone I want everyone's ideas this is this is our business let's let's make a change so we can do anything we want we can you know there's nothing off the table how would you want to make this this different 
so I, I gave that sort of challenge to the team and they they come back to me and in the end we put together about a, I think it was about 120 page right wow. powerpoint of ideas and then we we had a couple of away days and we sat down as a team and we went through all of these ideas and sort of condensed it down into into a list of things that we would like to do, sort of short-term, medium-term, long-term. And the, the team are actually referring it to, at the minute, as the uh, the Argos catalogue. Brilliant. So it's the... <laughs> It's the, it's the it's the kind of sort of circle of things you want for Christmas. And yeah, yeah, wait, I remember doing that, see, as, a, doing that as a kid. And see, yeah, the toy, the toy section get. at the back. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm not sure. Does it? Can you still get a printed Argos catalogue? Do they still exist? I, oh, don't, know. I don't even know. I don't even know. Yeah. <laughs> that in itself has been quite an exciting process. It's been good because it's got everyone engaged and everyone's had some some buy in to it and it's it's our plan yeah so it's not just my plan for the business but then also as well it's sort of making everyone aware that things do take time it's not going to happen yeah happen overnight how soon into being in the md role did you sit down with the team and and do that exercise asking for their input did you spend a bit of time sort of building trust and relationships first or did you pretty much launch into it quite quickly it was actually, I should have mentioned earlier, that was probably a bit of my planning is, is you know, what what did I want to achieve in the first first couple of months of, of being there? Right. So I, I kind of set myself a, a few goals and one of them was having a plan for the the next couple of years of, of where we're going to take the business. So I did spend, spend a little while sort of building those relationships and, and getting to know the team, but did put that in place quite early. I think it's really worked. Everyone feels they'll probably comment differently when you post this, but <laughs> I'm sure they won't. It certainly feels like everyone's engaged and on, and on board with it, and it's uh, it's a real. It's really got a really positive feel into it at the minute, which is uh, is a great thing. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm sure there will be because, he, as you said, it's it's their plan, it's our plan, rather than it being kind of the the new new boss's plan, right? And we're always always far more energized and motivated to deliver a plan or idea when when it's our own rather than someone else telling us one of the things that's always frustrated me in my career sort of working with managers or on teams where you're sort of shielded from that that information and that process and I think you just need to be very open and honest with people don't you and share I think you get the most out of people if you share as much information as you can and, and you're honest and you say, you know, I don't, I haven't got all the answers. I don't know. I know where we'd like to get to as a business, but but how we get there, I don't know. We're going to have to work together to, to make that happen. I think you, you get the best out of people, don't you? And that's, yeah, something I've been conscious of working in teams where you don't have the information and you're sort of dictated to from above is just it's not a fun experience and it doesn't doesn't get the best out of you yeah i'm standing here listening to you talk there with a a big smile on my face which listeners can't see but that piece around not having all, all the answers like that is just so significant for me like so many of the mds who've who i've had the pleasure to interview on this show talk about they come come in this point when they was in the md or ceo role where they a suddenly sort of stopped trying to be somebody else and just started being their more true authentic self and that made a difference and the other one having this realization that just because they're in inverted commas the leader's seat they don't need to have have all of the answers and I think when we are maybe at mid-level leadership and management jobs we can easily fall into that trap thinking because I'm the boss because I'm the leader because I'm the manager 
I've got to come up with all of the all of the ideas. And I often talk about my, my sort of story, one of my very earliest leadership lessons that I'm so fortunate I learned, which was I think I was 14 and a half, sort of being interviewed and prepared to go on a army officer select selection weekend. And a major from the army recruiting team was sort of talking through when you do like the classic sort of command tasks with planks and barrels, getting across ravines, that sort of stuff that was really popular in the eighties and nineties. He said like, Ben, you'll get, you'll get given the the kind of mission or task. You'll have three minutes planning time or something like that. And then you'll go and brief your team and then you've got 15 minutes or whatever to complete the task. He said, after your planning time, he said, if you don't have a clue what to do, he said, that's absolutely fine. He said, just brief your team with the challenge ask them for their ideas and then take the best ideas or combine ideas and then lead and execute the task. It's not your job to come up with the answers. It's such a powerful lesson. Yeah. Yeah. And then I think just understanding that you're, you're not the subject matter expert in, in everything. Yeah, and that's not your job to be. No. Yeah. Cause I always uh, sort of, as I've moved up, I've always been a, across everything and knew the detail of, of everything. But as you move up, you have to, you have to let go of some of that detail and, and yeah, really trust in your team that they are, they are the experts and, and, you know, you need to be guided by them. Yeah. That's, uh, that's been quite, quite an interesting experience for me as well. Brilliant. Gavin, one more question I want to ask you based on your, your time in, in Singapore. What was maybe one of the standout things that you learned during that time in that role that you've sort of consciously, maybe unconsciously packed up and brought back to the to the UK with you doing the current role you're doing? The biggest one for me is definitely the importance of appraisals. Right. And not and not just appraisals, I guess. I guess it's the the stuff that happens outside of appraisals, but really understanding your team and, and what drives them and how to communicate with them because everyone's Everyone's different. Everyone's got different communication styles and different ways of working and, and different ambitions. Not not everyone wants to move up through the business. Yeah. I think one of one of my managers before sort of told me that as a good leader, you'll you'll sort of make yourself redundant because you'll you'll invest in your team and bring them up and, and eventually they'll all be capable enough to replace you so they won't yeah. actually need you. Which is something that's always stuck with me. But then, yeah, you've, you've got to understand the flip side of that, where there's, there's people on your team who, who are happy doing what they're doing. Yeah. So I think learning different cultures and, and different behaviours and, and people's needs and what drives them, I think, is a, is a really big big learning point for me and definitely that sort of had a, had a big step ta- change from my perspective from being in Singapore. Yeah, I, I, I love that. I definitely think... One of the ultimate goals of a leader is to is to make ourselves redundant. But I think to do that, we need to take our ego out of the equation, right, and let 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 let, let go of it. But yeah, I couldn't couldn't agree more. And and having clear communication and understanding the sort of outputs that you're requiring and making sure that everyone's on the same page, mm. I think is is really important. Just sort of dealing with different cultures and different people and sort of their. English wouldn't be their their first language. I think that's been quite an interesting experience as well. Not that I know what they was like before. Not that I know what they're like now, actually. But I'd imagine probably your communication skills, your general communication skills, were probably enhanced by the time in Singapore because of the cultural and language differences. I'd imagine it put even more focus on getting your message across clearly 
which I'd imagine is something that kind of stay stays with you even when you're communicating to now to to native Brits. Definitely, definitely, yeah. There's a lot of stopping and thinking about yeah, about what you want to communicate, and yeah, definitely that that point about what the outcome is. You know, what do you what do you want to achieve, and how do you communicate that, and check that everyone's on the same page. Yeah, cool, very cool. Gavin, I've got a few uh, sort of standard quick fire questions. I, I like to throw at guests to to wrap up. The first one I always have to caveat with other than your smartphone. So other than your smartphone, what would you say is one item that if it were lost, stolen or broken, you'd immediately go out and replace? Probably a boring answer is my car. I'm doing uh, covering. <laughs> so in my role at the minute, I'm covering the whole of East Anglia. So sort of two hours drive between depots at the minute. And uh, right. I think it's really important to make the effort to go and see people and sort of engage in person rather than being on teams all the time. So the boring answer is probably my car. Personally, though, my record player. Oh, wow. I like my music. Don't, I don't do it enough. But, but yeah, putting some vinyl on and and sitting down and, yeah, enjoying some music. So probably if that broke, I'd replace it. And there's some some good memories there growing up with my dad, always listening to vinyl and always being into music. So yeah, I love I think that's that. quite an important thing. So even if I'm not listening to it, I can see it there in the house. And yeah, yeah. yeah. In fact, you're the third MD I know of who's, who's given exactly the same answer there. Oh, really? Yeah. Interesting. Right, okay. Yeah, interesting trend. Yeah. <laughs> And what would you say is one book that's had a significant impact upon you or or a book you find yourself recommending to other people quite a lot? I'm not much of a fiction reader, so I like my uh, biographies. So I really enjoy sporting right. biographies. So uh, Chris Boardman is a bit of a hero of mine. Right. Sort of grew up grew up with him cycling, sort of winning Olympic gold medals and, and wearing the yellow jersey at the Tour de France. Yeah, yeah. So I find that's... Sort of, yeah, any anything sporting really, but particularly Chris Boardman, I just find that very inspiring. The the sort of dedication that you have to put into that. Yeah, for sure. And final question, Gavin, um, what would you say are three key qualities for leaders who are leading today, right now in the world we find ourselves in? Probably just being very open and honest and transparent. I think that goes that goes a long way. So that would definitely be one of them. Being positive. I think is the it's probably the second one. I pride myself on being quite organised, quite organised and tidy, and, and and quite structured. Brings me a lot of joy. Helps me sort of feel in control of things. Yeah, I hear, I hear you. I think the team benefit from it as well if they've got some some structure and some framework to work to. I think it helps keep everyone on track. Love it. You're a man after my own heart. Yeah. <laughs> Gavin, thank you so much for your time today. It's been uh, been really really fun chat. I've loved hearing about kind of your experiences overseas, kind of stepping into the new role. There's so much gold dust in there that's going to be really helpful for people uh, who are just making the change or aspiring to make the same step change that you've you've made in the future. So thanks for your time. Thanks for for sharing your your insights and your nuggets with us. I really really appreciate it. Brilliant. Thanks, Ben. Really enjoyed it. I hope you enjoyed listening to that episode. There's some real wisdom in there from Gavin. And if you did enjoy it, then please do me a favour. And right now, before you do anything else, just click and copy the link and share it with two friends or colleagues who you think would also enjoy it and get value from the show. 
And after that, if you've still got a couple of minutes to spare or a couple of minutes you could give me by way of a thank you for the show, please do just head over to wherever you're listening to this episode and rate, review and subscribe to the show. I say this every week, but it really does enable us to keep bringing you better and better interviews with better and better guests. Other than that, take care, look after yourselves, and until we speak again, lead on.